This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Thursday, February the 11th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're all okay. Um, Now, we've already talked quite a bit this week about the Kent strain of coronavirus, and it is back in the headlines again today because it's now thought it could become the most dominant strain in the world. It's named after the county, you might remember, because that's where the biggest number of cases were identified just before Christmas, after it was first flagged up in the south and east of the country back in September. And it's now been detected in, would you believe, 50 countries around the world. Experts have already found out it's much more contagious than other variants and that's why it's spreading so quickly. Professor Martin Michaelis is from the University of Kent and has been chatting to Ish for the Kent Online podcast. Yeah, this is something you you are concerned of. I think even the bigger concern, in particular for countries like the UK, in which we have a very effective vaccination programme now, um, is that we see... New, new strains, new variants that can bypass this immune response that we are building up, the immune protection. Yeah, We vaccinate many people, they will be immune, they will be protected from, from, the, from the original strains, from B117. That means that they, at least, they're not have to, they don't have to go to hospital. Yeah, that's what we know. We don't exactly know how it is with mild disease sometimes. We don't really know always whether people might spread the virus. It's clear that the virus transmission of people who have been vaccinated is reduced, but it's probably not zero, at least not for all of them. So there are so many things we do not know, but what we know is we are building up an increasing immune protection within the society. But if we have new variants that are not covered by this immune protection, that start to infect people who have previously been vaccinated or have had the disease, then our effort partly restarts. So again, I mean, th- this really demonstrates why we need to can't get complacent about following lockdown restrictions. And because we have these variants that are emerging, we have the Kent strain, which is more transmissible. Um, there, there is a potential of us being in restrictions longer because of the impact of this. Then, isn't there? If, if we and there's always this down, yes. yeah. I think there's one thing that people miss. Yeah, when people talk about zero COVID. Then they say, oh, this is a nasty person. They want to keep us in lockdown for longer. But the opposite is true. The only way to prevent, to be sure, to be certain to prevent further lockdowns is to have the numbers very low, as people have in Taiwan, as people have in Australia. If you look at the Australian Open, they have run them at half capacity. But you also see how much trouble it is to take in the tennis players and their entourages and to keep the country more or less COVID-19 free. They don't have domestic spread. This is the target. This is the only thing that really protects us. And also, if there is no virus transmission, we won't have new variants. It is as simple as that. And we can achieve that. We can vaccinate, we can test, we can isolate. We can do this now. But really, in my opinion, the target always has to be bring the numbers down as close to zero as you can. And this will give us our lives back. And that is a long-term solution. That is the long-term solution. Hoping for the best is not, is not necessary. It can give us also our freedoms back, but not as fast and probably not in the long-term in the same way. We will have flare-ups 
Yeah, I think we have to realistically consider our options. That's very important. So there's a suggestion then from the professor that we might need an annual vaccination for COVID, like some people do already for the flu. You can let us know what you think about that by commenting on our social channels. Well, sadly, another 54 COVID-related deaths have been recorded in the county in the past 24 hours. 39 of those at Darrant Valley in Dartford, seven in East Kent, six in Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells, and two in Medway. Now, as we know, the vaccination rollout is continuing in the County and the boss of Britain's oldest brewery, which is based in Faversham, is calling for pubs to be able to reopen at Easter with no social distancing. The government's due to announce details later this month as to how it intends to come out of the third national lockdown. Jonathan Neem is the chief exec of Shepherd Neem. He's hoping the vaccination programme will have done enough to take pressure off hospitals. To a certain extent, we're still in the second lockdown. We shut on November the 5th and we've not reopened in Kent. We opened a handful of our pubs in Sussex in tier two for uh, under three weeks and then they were shut down again, which cost us all a great deal of money and anxiety. So um, here we are in about one week's time. The lockdown since November will have been uh, as long as lockdown one. And we've got the ongoing prospect of being locked down for many weeks to come yet. So it's very painful, very painful in individuals on morale, on mental health, on general well-being, and also financially. It's very damaging uh, for our company, but also for the individual licensees. So it's tough. It's really tough. Now, we are due to get a, a route map from the Prime Minister later this month of how we're going to be coming out of, of lockdown and the restrictions. What do you feel needs to be done in order to reopen hospitality? Well, if you go right back to the beginning of this crisis uh, and, and has been the, the objectives all along, it's been about save lives and save the NHS, you know, worthwhile and commendable and clear objectives. And um, clearly this crisis since Christmas has put immense pressure on the NHS and put the uh, death rate to a you know, completely unacceptable level. So I don't think anyone's arguing about lockdown at this moment in time. But the, the vaccination programme, which is very impressive, um, is undoubtedly going to deliver a, a significant reduction in uh, mortality risk. Uh, they say over 90%, uh, particularly in those most vulnerable groups of the elderly and, and those with underlying health conditions. Um, thereby, it's going to take enormous pressure off the NHS uh, and it's going to reduce transmission within the community. Now, all of these things we could see happening within a very short period of time. I know the death rate is still high at the moment, but, you know, forecasts suggest that within a matter of weeks and certainly by the end of March, we could be seeing very low level, levels of infection, death rate and hospitalisation. Um, so that strikes me as a moment of which, uh, unless something new turns up, we can say those principal objectives have been met and the vaccination has done the job. So that should be the moment at which uh, society starts to open up again. And if that is the case, then what we're looking for is that we go back to where we were uh, before March last year, uh, that there should be no restrictions uh, and that they should be lifted, you know, without really any debate or question. I accept there should be probably a short period of transition to build up people's confidence, etc. Um, but uh, the principal objective should be to get to an end, end point where there are no restrictions at all.
when you say no restrictions, do you mean including social distancing measures being lifted? Well, if if we believe what the vaccine is doing, transmission rates should plummet, and the risk of serious disease um, should also uh, plummet. Um, and so this is all about risk management. One epidemiologist said that if if and when people are vaccinated, COVID, you know, could become like the sniffles was the word that he used. Um, in which case, you know, it's either a uh, uh, an asymptomatic disease, or it becomes uh, a disease that is very mild in its in its outcome. So you know, yes, that that is the that is the point at which uh, we should move back to uh, a society without restrictions. Now, it may well be that people choose to continue to socially distance, or choose to wear masks, or choose any other other measures, or indeed choose not to go out, and that is a personal choice. But what I'm talking about is whole population control here. And there has to be a point at which the state steps back from controlling uh, our, 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 the health outcomes and says we rely on individual corporate and personal responsibility to re rebuild our society and rebuild our economy. And the latest COVID idiots to be fined in Kent are a group of free runners from Brighton who'd met up in Chatham to make a film. Police were called to the high street and spoke to two women and seven men. They're among more than 200 people to have received a fine for breaching lockdown restrictions in Kent since last Friday. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Now, if you go to kentonline.co.uk or follow our socials, you can see the moment a man with what looks like a machete drags a shop worker along the floor during a robbery in Sittingbourne. Three men went into the shop on St John's Avenue last month and stole tobacco, cash and bottles of alcohol. Staff were threatened before the gang took £4,000 worth of stock. Snow and ice has been causing more disruption in Kent today after the coldest night in more than 25 years was recorded in the UK. Temperatures dropped to an incredibly chilly minus 22.9 Celsius in the Scottish Highlands. It wasn't quite that low here in Kent, but the freezing conditions did lead to several crashes earlier. And we're still being urged to be extra careful if we do need to head out. Professor Liz Bentley is from the Royal Meteorological Society. She says climate change means cold snaps like this one we've had might actually become less common. We're expecting to see milder, wetter winters and February being a winter month, we're probably more likely to see milder Februarys and wetter Februarys as we move forward in time. So the conditions we've got out here where it's exceptionally cold, we're likely to see less and less as we move forward in future. A yellow weather warning for snow and ice in Kent was in force earlier but has now been lifted. An important meeting has been taking place today to decide how much we're all going to have to pay in council tax in Kent. Councillors were voting on whether to go ahead with a 5% hike in the charge as they tried to balance the books after unexpected spending during the pandemic. If it is all approved, as expected, it'll increase payments for a banned sea home by £60 a year to 1260 We will have plenty more reaction to that decision in tomorrow's podcast. Police are hunting a driver who rammed a patrol car three times during a high-speed chase near Sevenoaks. The blue Ford Cougar failed to stop for officers not far from Halstead. The suspect managed to escape after running onto the hard shoulder of the M25, where he was collected by another vehicle. Kent Online News. 
From April, you're going to be able to park an electric vehicle for free in Maidstone. Councillors have approved the plan for their car parks. It's hoped it'll encourage more of us to switch to a low-emission vehicle to improve air quality in the town. You can let us know by taking part in our poll today at Kent Online if it would encourage you to buy an electric car. A police dog called Boris has helped find a suspect after a woman was attacked in Canterbury. Police were called to a property on Salisbury Road on Tuesday night. A 24-year-old man was discovered hiding in bushes and arrested on suspicion of assault. Now, new data shows it's getting more and more difficult to buy a house in Kent. Four areas of the county are in the top 10 in the southeast for the biggest rise in the gap between wages and property prices since 2011. According to online mortgage advisor, Gravesham has had the highest ratio jump, followed by Canterbury and Sevenoaks. A 21-year-old Chatham man has won a £50,000 truck and 70000 in cash in an online competition. Motorway maintenance engineer Kai Sellers entered the dream car competition through BOTB. This is the moment he was told he'd won. Kai, I'm pleased to say you are this week's winner of the dream car competition. You've just won a brand new Ford Ranger Raptor. What a beast. <laughs> I'm shaking like a leaf. <laughs> I've driven this and it is so yeah. much fun. You've got loads of room in the boot, which we'll have a look at in a minute. We'll also jump yeah. in. What was it about this car then that, that made you want to pick it? Well, if you ask my girlfriend, I go on about a Ford Ranger all the time and uh, I'll probably do a head in a bit too much about them. But <laughs> are, you one of those, are you one of those guys that will watch every single YouTube review, every video on I one of these? Honestly, I'm not, I'm not lying. Last night, I got my YouTube history, Raptor reviews on, on every, every car channel. They were, just, they were just saying how good they are, sort of off-road. Huge congratulations to Kai. He says the money will be life-changing and help him get on the property ladder. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and Kent Sam Billings has been named in the England squad for the T20 series in India next month. Ben Stokes, Johnny Bairstow and Joffre Archer are also included, but England's informed test captain Joe Root has been left out. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can, of course, subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.